Hello, music friends. I hope you all are doing well. I don't know about you, but I am ready for spring. This end of winter has really been challenging for me. I've come down with a bout of strep throat and uh, dealing with some laryngitis. I finally am getting my voice back, but I apologize if it still sounds a little bit strange. On the positive, I've had a little extra time to do research, and I am really looking forward to attending an online music curriculum seminar in a week or so. Uh, Every week, I like to listen to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast with host Jessica Peresta, and she does an amazing job of tackling some of the topics that music teachers in the classroom deal with, and since I'm kind of newer to that arena, it's been really helpful for me as well. Uh, I'm spending some time doing the tedious task of researching state and national standards for music education. It is a bit daunting, delving into the nitty-gritty details of the music field. However, it's really enlightening for me, and I'm composing my own responses to some of the overarching goals um, that I'm seeing in these state and national standards, and how I've seen many of them play out well in uh, my school setting over the past year. If you want to view those standards, you can visit National Association for Music Education for reference. Uh, The standards of music education revolve around the following four categories, creating, performing, responding, and connecting. For creating, honestly, I was surprised this was the first category they mentioned because based on my background in the Suzuki method, as well as language acquisition, I usually find that students need a significant amount of input, like listening or reading first before they're able to create their own output, whether that be musically or linguistically. However, I do see students' eyes light up when they actually get to create their own music. My own daughter, an eight-year-old pianist who has been playing for four years, loves composing her own music. Recently, she wrote a hymn to be played on the piano and penned her own lyrics. I'm thrilled that she's not daunted by the enormity of composition that plagues many of us as we become older and more self-critical. I was also impressed that even my four-year-old son, who plays violin, wanted to write out a few notes to compose the song, Soccer Balls. When students have the opportunity to create something within themselves, they're more invested in the activity. This is especially important in both music composition as well as improvising. Students need to know when it's time to read exactly what is written on the page and when they're being called on to create something that complements the music on the page. Even this past week, I introduced this concept to one of my beginning violinists who had to follow a chord chart to know when to change notes, but I gave her the freedom to change up the rhythm of those notes. I personally find the skill of improvising thrilling, keeping the music fresh for both me as the performer and my audience. Regarding performing, uh, that's probably my personal favorite. Having received a bachelor's degree in violin performance, (laughs) it's easily one of my favorites. It's also one that took a significant hit during the pandemic. While creating uh, can be a very personal experience, performing requires an audience. And how can you select your songs? What etiquette is required? What genres are best for that audience? Different genres will require exact adherence to what's printed on the page, whereas others will rely more on evoking a certain style determined by the performer herself. Within performance, a lot of emphasis is placed on the technical aspects of music, including, but not limited to, rhythm and tempo. That's kind of the horizontal component to music. Pitch, which is the vertical component. I recently used 
uh, graph as kind of an example of that, that rhythm and tempo, it kind of goes across that x-axis, whereas pitch is going across the y-axis. Dynamics, these are the strength or softness of the sound, form, the way the song is organized, and context, the social influences in which the song was created. Obviously, it takes many years to master these various skills, but we as music educators can introduce them even to our youngest students in age-appropriate ways. For example, students can practice rhythm by imitating their teacher. I saw this play out firsthand by our advanced drumline recently when the junior high students played a series of rhythmic sequences in unison with their director. Dynamics can be demonstrated by playing a game of hot and cold. In this case, the teacher sends a student into the hallway, then hides something in the classroom, and invites the student to come back and find the missing item. His classmates give him clues as to how close he is to the item by getting louder with their voices when he's close versus softer when he is far. And it's usually a big hit with the class. Responding. This is often the favorite category for music historians and critics, and it's usually the most prevalent category in our society. Most people approach music as consumers, listening to styles and genres that speak to them personally. They often critique songs that they don't like and rave about the songs that they do. However, I would like to encourage these people to take an active role in their music life as well, not simply listening to the latest fad, but also engaging in the rewarding and yet often challenging task of making music for themselves. Think about it, during the 19th century, we did not have all the digital resources, so people did have to make their own music for their entertainment. On the flip side, this responsive category can be overlooked by creators and performers when we become obsessed or enamored with our own work to the exclusion of others. It's important that we as artists not only look at our own creations and performances, but also support those of friends and colleagues. We shouldn't live in a musical ivory tower where we are the great artist and everyone else is just the lowly masses. Instead, we need to engage with others by responding to their creations and performances. Of course, we will have our own personal biases as to what constitutes good music, often based on our backgrounds and the criteria to which we've become accustomed. However, even if something is outside of our normal musical tastes, we can often find something redeemable about it if we consider the context in which it was created. Lastly, connecting. This category allows musicians to view their art in relation to other artistic mediums and the outside world. Recently, one of my colleagues introduced our middle school students to synesthesia, in which case they learned to identify certain notes with a corresponding color. After the students colored their pictures, the teacher translated their visual work of art into a musical work by performing their colors on the flute. The result was breathtaking, both visually and musically, and very rewarding for the students. We are also challenged to ask, why do we engage with music in the first place? How does it help us express our feelings and emotions about the different situations in which we find ourselves? Self-expression is one of my favorite parts of music making. Often music expresses what words cannot. Performing with family and friends is another of my favorite things about music and a big reason I continue today. When people make music together, they learn to communicate with each other in a special and unique way. 
Although one person might play violin and the other saxophone, they can come together to perform a duet that highlights each person's uniqueness while also creating a beautiful blend. We need more of these connections in today's fractured society, don't we? I hope you all enjoyed my reactions to these four overarching goals of music education. I'd love to hear how you have seen these play out in your musical experience. Feel free to comment on this post on Facebook, Instagram, or shoot me an email with your thoughts on the topic. Thanks, and I'll see you next time.